0: We used to root for the indians against the cavalry because we didn't think it was fair in the history books that when the cavalry won it was a great victory and when the indians won it was a massacre dick gregory Welcome to the Revisionist History Podcast, where we set the historical record straight no matter who it might offend. I'm Paul, and today we'll be talking about why you should be reading history in both nonfiction and fiction, how to do it in a way that broadens your horizons rather than narrowing them, and why it's way more fun than you ever imagined. I realize that for most people, reading about history ranks up there with watching paint dry or even worse, watching Olympic water polo. I think it goes back to a dearth of qualified and engaging history teachers during our youth. In Texas, at least, since coaches are also required to teach classes, most kids get their first exposure to history books from football coaches who know a ton about how to blitz a quarterback, but next to nothing, about the Nazi's Blitzkrieg from which the term comes. It's a huge disservice to our children, to qualified historians who can't get jobs because they don't know anything about football, and to history itself. As a result of this stunting influence in childhood, most people avoid history and history books, like it's broccoli covered with castor oil. As a result, they get most of their knowledge of history from films like The Patriot, Apocalypto, and God help us, Braveheart. Let's just all agree that any quote historical film by Mel Gibson is less historically accurate than Avengers Endgame. Now if you're a reader, and if you're listening to this podcast, you certainly are, you're already reading history, maybe without even knowing it. Yes, even if you only read fiction, as fiction is where truth is often told best about history. Some of my favorite novels of all time will teach you about a period or event in history, usually in a very subtle way. Hemingway's A Farewell to Arms is set during World War I, as is Somerset Maugham's The Razor's Edge, and both reveal, through the characters, the author's views of a cataclysmic event they both personally lived through. Carlos ruiz Safan's novels in the Cemetery of Forgotten Books series all have the specter of the Spanish Civil War and its effects on the Spanish psyche as a backdrop, while Hemingway's For Whom the Bell Tolls specifically deals with the war itself. Jasper Ford's Thursday Next series takes it a step farther, presenting an alternative history of England, where the Crimean War with Russia is still raging after 150 years. But even with the changes, there is historical fact mixed in. Some authors, like Tom Clancy and Dan Brown, make a career out of writing historical fiction. Though in Brown's case, pretty much everything he presents as historical is actually myth, legend, or outright lie. But even that can be beneficial if you take the time to discover the truth as a result. We like to think that while fiction presents the author's interpretation of history, nonfiction, is more factual in nature sometimes this is true but not always and maybe not even usually it's easy to figure out that bill o'reilly's killing series killing lincoln killing reagan killing jesus etc is history quote unquote from a decidedly 21st century conservative viewpoint it's not always as easy to immediately see biases in other history books i'll give you an example I'm currently reading a book about the Crusades. The jacket blurb and review quotes of this book on the Crusades, an obviously contentious issue, all led me to believe that this was a balanced presentation of the facts of the period, showing the good and the bad of both sides. Not so. Less than 10 pages in, it became clear that the author had an agenda, and that agenda was to quote, correct our false long-held views about the Crusades, at least in the West, and to show that the Crusaders were evil personified, while the Muslims under Saladin were the most peaceful, enlightened people to ever walk the planet. He goes so far as to say that many Christians converted during the Muslim conquest of the Holy Land because, and this is a quote, Islam was the logical next step from Christianity. That may have indeed been the case for a small minority, but most converted to Islam, just like the Muslims who converted to Christianity under the Crusaders, to avoid either death or at least crushing taxes and second-class citizen status in order to keep their own religion. Given this, you'd probably assume that I stopped reading his book. Again, not so. Why? Because while I do not advocate wasting time on bad books, and by bad I mean poorly written. When reading history, it's often necessary to read even clearly biased books in order to get the full picture of what really happened. In the Crusades book I referenced, there are clearly parts that are politically correct historical revisionism. There are other parts that I didn't like only because they challenged my long-held views on the subject not because they were wrong. If you're going to read and learn history properly, you have to be prepared to be offended by the truth. And you have to be prepared to do some work to find the truth. It's long been assumed, especially by Hollywood, that Americans especially can't handle the truth. Let me give you another, much better film reference as proof that this is simply not the case. For over six decades, the Pacific Theater of World War II was presented almost exclusively from the American point of view, Torah, Torah, Torah being the only real exception and a fine film as well. Then, Clint Eastwood made two films portraying the Battle of Iwo Jima. Flags of Our Fathers, told from the American perspective, and Letters from Iwo Jima, told from the Japanese perspective. Taken together, they give a far fuller, and more balanced account of a pivotal moment in history than it had ever been seen before. We have to do the same when reading history. We have to be discerning as well, though. I do not in any way, let me reiterate, I do not in any way advocate reading what is clearly propaganda or clearly false. You don't need to read Hitler's insane rantings in Mein Kampf understand the German perspective during World War II, but you should read the German perspective from an historian who's actually a German. There's also much value in reading contemporary accounts when available, as well as later histories of the same event. Though written almost 200 years after the events and now considered to be too much of a hagiography, Arian's Campaigns of Alexander gives the most contemporary account of Alexander the Great that we have, and should be read alongside current biographies. Arrian's account does paint Alexander in a glowing, non-critical light, but it also gives valuable historical information as well. A more current historical issue that has ramifications to this day is the historical presentation of the American Civil War. Now, I think the best one-volume history by far is James McPherson's Battle Cry of Freedom. For those of you who are more adventurous, Shelby Foote's three volume, The Civil War, A Narrative, is a must. But understand that if you read the accounts that came out soon after the war ended, you will have an almost bipolar experience with the Northern accounts demonizing everything about the South and the Southern Lost Cause narrative portraying the North as 19th century Nazis. That lost cause narrative has also caused problems for us up to the present day but as is usually the case the truth of any historical event lies somewhere in the middle of the various extreme accounts i think it can also be valuable and enjoyable to read nonfiction biographical or historical accounts alongside fictional ones of the same era or event my book club did this a few years back Pairing Hemingway's The Sun Also Rises with Everyone Behaves Badly, the true story behind Hemingway's masterpiece The Sun Also Rises by Leslie Bloom. You could also pair All Quiet on the Western Front with one of Barbara Tuckman's World War I histories like The Guns of August. The possibilities literally are endless. For those of you who, after listening to this podcast, still say reading history is a boring waste of time, consider this. 2004, the noted historian Ron Chernow wrote a well-received, quite successful book about Alexander Hamilton. I haven't finished it myself yet. It's as thick as a cinder block. Had it stopped there, it would have been nothing more than another historical biography. But in 2008, while on vacation, playwright and composer Lynn manuel Miranda read Chernow's book and was inspired to write the musical, Hamilton, an American musical, which has become a worldwide phenomenon. In the process, it sparked renewed interest in both Chernow's book, and the founding fathers in general. History is more than dry battle accounts and dusty old dates. It's who we were, who we are, and who we will be. You cannot know where you're going If you don't know where you came from. So start reading history. It may just change your life. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you found it both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming, please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. It'll go a long way towards helping us create more episodes and hopefully becoming completely ad free. Thanks a lot.